Grace Point Church was birthed in the heart of Africa while Lori and I were living there as missionaries. God gave us a very clear call to return and to start a church that would love our community well while at the same time reaching the nations for Christ. It was in this spirit that in 2001, Grace Point Church was founded. We didn't start in a big building with hundreds of people. Instead, we began with a few families that met in the home. Since that time, we have grown, but our mission has never changed. We have strived to be authentic followers of Christ who love our community while reaching the nations. This isn't just a catchphrase for us. It is the foundation on which everything is based. Through our art ministry and worship ministries, we are obsessed with bringing glory to God by the expressions of creativity in our nature. In our children's ministry and youth programs, we're passionate about instilling truth of God in practical ways that can easily be shared. In our communitas groups, we strive to create an environment that allows Christ followers to get up from their seats on Sunday morning and to get out into the community and to serve their neighbors. We wanted to activate our members and arm them to live out God's purpose through Grace Point. The best way to know Grace Point Church is to experience the difference. Experience the love, the grace, and the embrace. As you walk through the doors of either our home or our ministry campus, you are invited to be a part of a family of authentic followers of Christ who wants to love its community well while reaching the nations for Christ. All right, welcome to Grace Point Church. This is uh, not new to most of you, but if you are first time with us today, and I have met a number of first timers today, welcome. This is kind of a unique day, just to put your seatbelts on and get ready for it, but it's probably the best day for you to be here to kind of get into the real heart and core of who we are and kind of get to know us uh, at a heart level. This is kind of a, a day that's even special for all of our members because this day is a look back. It's kind of a time hop, if you will, back over the past 15 years because uh, in the 1st of July, it will be our first Sunday in July that we will celebrate our 15 years of gathering. We started in a home with just five families. We have progressed to where we're at today, and we have seen God do a lot, and we're going to talk about a lot of that today. It's not going to be in a literal chronology order. In fact, even the way Cameron led today with just one instrument and one voice standing up in front, now imagine that in a living room. Uh, it felt different, didn't it? It was, felt different than the normal and all that kind of stuff. You could have a full band and everything. But that was kind of got reliving that beginning of time uh, as, as Grace Point Church. And so I hope that you're planning on being a part of the entire day's festivities. So, so today we'll end with our uh, normal service time. But then we're going to come back tonight at 5 o'clock. Here's the challenge. I want you to come back tonight, bring your lawn chairs, bring all of your, if you've got kids and they got bikes, bring your bikes. There's going to be a a lot of family fun time, hangout time, but it's also a time where we're going to talk about not only the past, but we're going to look to the future and help create the future. Now, how do you get involved in this? Last week, we rolled out our new app, okay? So you can go online right now if you haven't already and download our app. We had over 700 people this past week download our app, so you very likely are one of the ones who have downloaded the app, and you can sign up for this event. You can do it right now. It's really easy. Just go to the events section 
and bit of bang, bit of boom, you're in, okay? It'll be really easy uh, to sign up for all things uh, moving ahead and into the future. So as we talk about today and we talk about Grace Point, we've got, had a lot of time hop things out in the gallery area that we've asked you to stop by and to place your guesses. We even have our marble jar up here on the stage again of how many people we've commissioned from our church to go around the world. And so and whoever wins that, by the way, gets the bike. Uh, Blue's not your color. We, I think you can trade it in. Lewis and Clark did us a great uh, solid on that. And so uh, they've got this, uh, the bike that's going to go to the one. We've got somebody who's guessed within two marbles. All right. So it's going to be a pretty close uh, guess. Then we also have another guess over here on, on on these wiffle balls. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But there's a lot more out in the out in the gallery. So take time and stop by on your way out and kind of participate in that. And we'll start having those giveaways uh, tonight during our family uh, time. One of the things that we started with as a church, and one of the things we've got to come back to again and again so we don't lose it, is really who are we here for, okay? And this is a statement that, that I said from the beginning, and I want to, we kind of uh, have kind of developed it a little bit, but not much. It's pretty much the same as it was from the beginning, and that's, this is who we are. As an authentic followers of Christ, as, as an authentic church, we are for those who've given up on the church but haven't given up on God. We exist because there are people out there who used to belong to church, used to go to church as a kid, as a, as a child, went to Christian school or something like that. But man, they got burned. There was a schism. There was a scandal. There was something. They got mad. They left and they haven't been back. I met somebody for the first time in our first gathering. And right before the service, that hadn't been in church in 40 years. And they came to Grace Point Church. I said, perfect. You're here on our birthday and we started 15 years ago because of you. You are the ones that we started for, for those who had given up on the church but hadn't given up on God. And so we just want to reemphasize that again and again. And we're not trying to get members from that church over there or that church over there. We're really for those people who have kind of lost faith in the church and hopefully re-envision it, hopefully, hopefully re-energize it. This statement, though, came to me. Not, it's, not, it's not original with me. It was actually, uh, I was on a plane coming back from South Africa, coming back to the States uh, right before we started Grace Point, And there was a church planner who was on the plane. He just started a church in Minnesota, and he had said this. He said, we are a church for those given up on the church but haven't given up on God. I said, bingo, that's it. That's going to be our phrase. That's going to be our tagline because we want to be that, that oasis. We want to be that place of hope, that place of re-envisioning faith that maybe they've lost in the church or in one another or in God. And so we want to be, we want to be that church because here's the reality. Uh, we added one phrase to this is the word authentic authentic. We want to be genuine and real, not posers and fakes. Okay. Authentic in every area of our life. So you're going to hear me talk about my bruises, my warts, my mess ups. You're going to be open and encouraged to talk about your own defaults, your own defects, your own brokenness. And so as, as you go through life together, we can do this together. Otherwise we put ourselves up on some pedestal and nobody can live up to that. And whenever we do that, we're lying to ourselves and we're lying to those around us. This is what Philip Yancey said. He's a, kind of been a prophet to the church over the past several decades. He says, I think one of the problems the church has in modern society is that we put on a good front and the people know it. They know better. They know that we are not living out what we said. 
And we got to come back and we just got to keep coming back. Are we an authentic? Am I authentic? Am I authentic in my faith to the point that those who have left the church will desire to come back to the church because they see the change of Christ in me? Think about it in your own life. Sean Lovejoy just wrote a book and he said this in the book. He said, everyone starts with a vision, but few finish with one. Think about that. Everyone starts with a vision. Oh, we're going to be this. We're going to be a church for the unchurched. We're going to be a church that's giving up on the church and giving up on God. That's who we're going to be. That's how we start. 15 years into it, we're still saying the same thing we said in the beginning. But the question is, and what happens in so many organizations, churches and schools and whatever else, is they lose the vision that that started them. I don't want that. I'm coming by, I'm standing on the stage today that I said in the beginning, I'm saying today, listen, I don't want us to lose our vision for those who've given up on the church. I want to be a place of hope and reconnecting with God and moving people one step further or closer to God and further away from, from the life that they regret. That's what I want us to be. 15 years is what the average church life of a new church plan, I found in my research, that churches will make it 15 years and then they'll begin to plateau and decline. 15 years. This is us. We are there. We're at 15. This is a pivotal year for us. And so I'm calling all of us in this room today to awaken and make sure we're not just coasting to awaken and make sure that we are still committed to what we've said we've been committed to from the day one. And if we haven't been committed to it, how, what do we need to do to get committed to what we have been about from the beginning? We've talked about this too. Uh, basically, if you look at who we are and, and how we got started and kind of a foundation, our purpose statement, it really based on two ba- passages of Scripture, Matthew 22 and Matthew 28. You, you want to sum up Grace Point Church in two things. Look at the Great Commandment and you look at the Great Commission. That is who we are. The Great Commandment and the Great Commission. Love God, love others. That's the Great Commandment. The Great Commission where he tells us to go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And lo, by the way, I'm with you always, even to the end of time. That's what he tells us to do. It's the great commandment and the great commission. Now, we have taken that and we put it into five basic tasks that we're about. We are about outreach, mission, evangelism, whatever that takes to get the good news of Christ into people far from God, into their hearts, into their minds, into their lives. Community, we're about bringing people together, connecting together. We're about transformation. Where's God going to change in your life? What's God been doing in your life? Remember what Jesus said? He says, teaching them to observe, not teaching them to know, teaching them to pass a catechism, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. So it's a life transformation faith. It's not just a head, head faith. But also we're about, to, we're about worship. We're about ministry. How can we be a blessing to our community? How can we seek the welfare of our community? Now, I want to sum it up because, again, we're always trying to boil it down to the most basic, getting it down to very clear handles, okay? These are three clear statements of why we exist, okay? I want you to say them with me. Because this is why we exist. And if you didn't know why we exist, we've taken all those five things, we've taken those two passages of Scripture, and here's three statements. You say them with me. Grace Point exists to encourage authentic worship of God. 
We want to encourage. I can't make you worship. The band can be full. We can have a full choir. We can have Cameron dancing and singing. We can do all that kind of stuff. We can have people up here doing all kinds of acrobats. We can do creative dance. We can do spoken word. We can do lots of things, but that doesn't make you worship. It doesn't make me worship. We can encourage it. We can set it up. We can tee it up. But you, in your own heart and life, will decide whether or not worship happens. But what we exist for is to encourage authentic That's why you'll hear me say right here, my own faults and failures, authentic worship of God. He doesn't want posing. He doesn't want pretenders. He doesn't want fakes in our worship. He knows our hearts. All right? That's why we exist. We exist, number two, to promote transformative communities with one another. Say it with me. We promote transformative communities with one another. Now, if you don't know what one another are talking about, Go back and listen to my last series of messages on one another's. It's going to be the mantra of my life. It's going to be, it shapes me. It's, it, it, it's, it's become in the past year, it's become something that I am absolutely adamant about, that everybody I need, do you have, we need one another's in our life, people that I can pray with one another, that I can confess my sins to one another, that I can rejoice with one another, that I will encourage one another. These are the one another's. And when we have that and we have it in community, I guarantee you it will transform you. All right? So back into that statement. We exist because we want, let's say it together, we want to encourage authentic worship of God and to promote transformative communities. All right. Number three. This is why we exist. We exist to activate and arm our members for ministry and mission. I want you to hear that phrase, activate and arm, activate and arm, activate and arm, activate and arm. You're going to hear a lot of that today. In fact, that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to cast some vision to you today. Tonight's going to be you coming back at 5 o'clock, and we're going to talk about how you fit into and how God has laid on your heart and where God may be leading you to help shape the future of Grace Point Church. It's not just us telling you the future, but you get to help shape the future of Grace Point Church. But it's going to mean we're going to have to activate and arm our members to be on mission with God and to be doing ministry in our community and around. We have a little motto around here. Say it also with me. Every member's a minister and every ministry is meaningful. We want you to be a part of life-changing ministry that changes your life as well. Think about it. So when you came in today, hopefully you were given all this little pamphlet of information. And I'm going to say this white card till the end. Whenever you leave, you'll want to walk out. This is kind of your dream card, if you will, about you helping to create the future. So on your way out, be sure and grab that, okay? Take your little booklet out if you grabbed one of those on your way in today. I'm going to walk you through this. And again, if you're a first-time guest with us today, it may seem a little bit strange. What's all this about? What's this big book about? Uh, We don't do this every week. We do this once a year. But we give a report on what's been going on in and around our church and through our church. And as you look through here, you're going to see one of the main things that we have in the front of the book is church planning, and we're about church planning. It's not just about us being about us. Then he goes through our past, our history, kind of walks you through that step by step. Then we're going to talk about in the center of the book, creating the future. Open to the center of the book right now, okay? This is where you get to dream with us. This is where you spend this afternoon praying about where God may have you moving into the future. Again, we're celebrating the past today, but we're also creating the future. 
This is where you pray about where you are being led. For example, on here is one of the one of the one of the big goals in the next five years that every in the next five years we'd start five new churches in West Africa. Big and bold, isn't it? Five new churches, one a year for the next five years. What would that look like if you got on that team? You might identify two or three of these that are on this on, on these lists and say, okay, I'm going to be praying about this. I'm going to be looking into this. You'll bring back your little white card tonight. We'll talk about what to do next. You can also thumb through there and you can see our coming year's budget. You're about to hear from our trustees and about, uh, about their presentation on our annual uh, report. And then one of the last pages back there, you'll see our member leadership team. This is, these are our members of our church. They're not on staff. They're just, they, they, they use their talents and their skills and they bring them themselves to the table and they serve on a, in a high capacity leadership role with us. Uh, the trustees that are there, uh, you'll, you'll notice them. They are trustees in our church that serve in our, that serve in our church, but also we're proposing two new trustees because they rotate on every three years or they're on for three years and then rotate off. And so we have two positions there that we're proposing. And then also we have two deacon positions that we're proposing. You can read about them. All of them have been vetted out in the sense of we know where they serve, where they're giving, that they're, that they're part of the church, that they, they're full on invested in the church. And we are bringing them to you as well. Now, so where, where does it go from here? So there's a few things we vote on. We don't vote on a lot of things, but we do vote on a few things. There's this little yellow sheet of paper when you came in. If you're a 16-year-old covenant member of our church, you're invited to vote on this, okay? You can look through this. You can see the, the budget, the deacons. And by the way, the budget is presented every year in the past 15 years. Every year, we as the trustees have never voted on a budget. Because we always, except for one year, we did have to vote in the trustees to get, uh, to get uh, to the floor of the church. But every year, and this year included, all of our trustees have been in unanimous consent of this is the right thing to do. This is a godly thing to do. This is a faith move for us. I want you to hear from a couple of our trustees about their report on our uh, finances for the past year right now. Good morning, Grace Point Church. I'm Doug Rodolph. I'm one of the trustees uh, and actually hold the position of treasurer. And I'm Randy Roebuck, and I'm the new incoming assistant treasurer for this next year. So I'll be rolling off of the uh, trustee board uh, at June 30th. Uh, so we'll start a new fiscal year as of July 1st. And as we look back uh, over fiscal year 16, we didn't quite have the, the growth in giving or the growth in attendance, for that matter, uh, that we had expected. However, uh, considering that, based on the, the fantastic uh, work that the church staff does and the responsible spending, uh, we still, still ended fiscal year 16 with a surplus uh, of giving over the expenses of the church. Uh, so as we looked into fiscal year 17, um, we began to think about what this meant for the 17 budget, and I'll turn it to Randy to, to give you a little insight on that. First of all, I'd like to just thank Doug for his uh, service, and uh, Sonia, uh, Sandra Oliphant is going to roll off this year too, so I would like to thank Sandra for her invaluable information she brought us on compensation this past year. So thank you guys, and Doug, I appreciate that too. We have always strived to put a little bit of faith-based 
uh, guessing into our budget, I guess you would say. So even though we were flat in our giving last year, we feel like the Lord will always bless a church that is right with him, and we feel like Grace Point is right with the Lord this year. So we are going to increase our, our, our budget by 6.1% this year and look forward to meeting it and exceeding it. And you don't know if all of you know this or not, but every year that we have been on the board, this is my sixth year and Doug's sixth year, we have always, we have never not met our budget. We have always met our budget and we have always not spent as much as we budgeted. So we've got great employees, as Doug has said, and, uh, and we've got great trustees that keep everything in check. So a 6.1% increase for this next year, we feel like we can meet that and we feel like we can beat that. So uh, that was that's the, uh, the upcoming fiscal 2017 budget. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Appreciate all of the devoted congregation of Grace Point Church. Thank you. All right, so where do we go from here? Well, basically, if you're a member, again, you need to fill this out. Be sure and circle yes or no if you're a covenant member because your, val- your ballot is not recognized and counted unless you indicate you are a covenant member, okay? And you'll drop this in the offering basket a little bit later on in the service, or if you want to, you can drop them in the offering uh, little uh, door uh I don't know what you call it, receptacles on the way out. Uh, there's a couple at each of the doors. Where do you get into this? Where, where you get into this whole process of making a, a vision and moving forward. And how, how do you know when it's God's will? One, it takes tons of prayer. It takes tons of prayer. It takes a collective wisdom. The Bible says that there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. Well, I can guarantee you, having trustees and having deacons like we have, there is tremendous amounts of wisdom in the room whenever we're making big decisions for the church. And so I want to thank you for that. But also, I'll tell you what, you cannot get away from an absolute surrender to Scripture. When the Scripture says jump, you jump. When the Scripture says go, you go. When the Scripture says train up a child in the way he should go and he will not depart, when he is old, he will not depart from it, you better be in the business of training up children. You need to be about that. And so there are certain things that in Scripture, they just make it clear, we just got to get on board. Now, there's one verse that I want you to look up in your Bibles. It's on the back of your, uh, also on the back of your strategy meeting book if you want to look there. But it's the verse in Proverbs chapter, chapter 4, verse 18. This is a verse that has meant something to me probably for 25 years. I was in the process of making a big career move in my life, almost moving in this direction. And God was moving me in this direction. But I wanted to go this direction, but God was moving me in this direction. A good friend of mine wrote me a note and included this verse on it. I had never read the verse before, at least it lodged in my mind before, until he gave that verse to me. And it says this, But the path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter as the day is full. Now, I haven't met one Christian, one believer, one person who walks with God who doesn't struggle at some point in time in their life of knowing and doing the will of God. In fact, I intend in the coming year of 2017 to teach an entire series of messages on knowing and doing the will of God. How do I know the will of God? This is a mystery for so many people. And if I could just figure out how to know and do the will of God, the path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter as the day is full. Yes, put me on. I want the bright light. I want God to shine down. I want to see. I want to understand. All that kind of stuff. Well, you know what? This verse presupposes something. That I'm walking in a right path. 
See, it's not my job to try to figure out what God's will is. It's my job to walk on the right path. If I walk on the right path, then it's his job to show me. It's his job to reveal. It's his job to turn on the lights. It's his job to make the fog disappear. I just need to stay on the right path. So I don't need to be asking what's God's will. I need to be asking, am I on your path? Because when I'm on his path, then he's going to make his will abundantly clear for me. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to be abundantly easy. It doesn't mean it's going to be abundantly without rocks and pitfalls. It doesn't mean it's going to be fun always. But it does mean that he will make his path clear and bright and understandable. So what does it mean to be on the path of God? A couple of things I want you to jot down today and just think about as you're on your path of life. One is that the path of God is sometimes steep and challenging. It's not always going to be a straight, all downhill, no, no curves, no corners. You can just fly down the hill through some meadowy uh, valley. So listen, sometimes it's steep. Sometimes it's narrow, sometimes it's hard, sometimes it requires more of you than you're willing to give of you, but listen, you're on the right path. I can tell you about the story whenever we uh, first started Grace Point, we were meeting in the living room on Nita Road and Rogers, there's only five families of us, second Sunday this new family comes in and joins, we grew 25% in the second week, I mean, why is that awesome? Two weeks later, I met with them at Village Inn to have a piece of pie. They have good pie there if you, if you don't know that. And they told me that they were not going to come to Grace Point Church. We lost 25% in a matter of two weeks. This family, they came and, and they heard me on the first Sunday. They heard me the second Sunday, third Sunday, and, and they got the picture. Hey, if you're going to help start Grace Point Church, I'm going to need commitment. If you're going to help start Grace Point Church, you're going to serve, every member's a minister. If, if that was our motto from the beginning. It's no different today than it was then. You know, we talked about sacrifice and commitment and service, and we talked about mission, and we talked about going, and we talked about all this kind of stuff in day one. And they met with me at the village inn, and they said, you know what, Mike? And I can't believe that they said this. They said, Mike, it would be really good to join Grace Point Church, but we're going to wait. We're going to join the church down the street and we're going to join you whenever you get a building and you get more established. I couldn't believe that they let that come out of their mouth. Listen, we don't need easy. Easy's down the street. Join easy church down there. Listen, what this calling is to Grace Point, what this calling is to follow Christ, what this pathway is, it's sometimes steep and challenging. And this is not easy believism, church. This is high commitment, high involvement, high intensity, high uh, sacrifices. This is what Grace Point is from the day one until the very end. We are about that. We are about the challenge because that's exactly what Jesus calls us to. A couple of verses, jot them down. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. He says, if any of you wants to follow me, wants to be a follower, sounds like I'm walking a path. When I walk on my path, you must turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross daily and follow me. See, we all want to follow him. We all want to go with him. But are we willing to put aside selfish ways? Are we willing to take up his cross and follow him? Whatever that means, whatever that sacrifice means, whatever that calls of us, Matthew 7, 13 and 14, enter through the narrow gate. 
For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction and many enter through it. What's this narrow gate? What's this small gate? Why don't we go through the big wide gate? Why don't we go through with with a four-lane road? Why don't we go with with a safety barrier in the middle? Why don't we go through with something that's paved and easy to get through? No, go through the small, narrow gate. Listen, when we talk about being a part of Grace Point, we're talking about being a part of something you're you're surrendered to, something you're committed to. Here's just a summary of our membership covenant if you've never seen this before, all right? that you will declare that Jesus Christ is the Savior and you'll commit to growing in His likeness. You're not just going to keep doing the same. We've had couples that try to join a church that were living together. I said, listen, I I would love for you to join church, but are you ready to get married? No, we just like living together. I said, well, you know, you're probably not ready because this kind of lifestyle means I'm going to not only declare Christ, but I'm going to walk with Christ. I'm going to live a different kind of life. I want you to read the others with me. Stand for unity in the core beliefs. Read the next one. Commit to sharing Christ's love with the nations and with your neighbors. Wherever it is, wherever you are, all right, let's go. Be willing to financially give generously and to serve in the ministry through Grace Point. That I'm going to be vested and invested. I'm going to be a part. I'm going to commit to this church. That's what we're talking about when you talk about joining this path. Join the path of Christ is the same way. I want you to look around. I want you to get that awkward look into four people's eyes, okay? Even if you have a turnaround, look in their eyes, give them a head nod, hey, hey, peace out. You know, whatever you got to do, look in four people's eyes right now. I'm looking at you. I want to see heads moving. And you're looking, yeah, I know, it's awkward, awkward chuckles and all that kind of stuff. All right, you got four? You can look back up here at me now, okay? This is, this is where it's all happening right here anyway. All right? Now, I want those of you who would say, Grace Point is my home. Grace Point is my home. I'm a covenant member here. I've signed up. I've read that. I've done that. I'm committed to that. Or maybe you're not, you haven't gone through North Point class, but hey, you can say, God has called me here. I am here and I'm just waiting for the next North Point class. I'm just ready. I'm ready now. I want you to do something different. If that is you, if you call this place home, this family home, I want you to stand to your feet right now, all right? Don't feel ashamed about sitting down, but if you're calling this home, you stand up right now, all right? All right. I want you to look around, get that awkward look into somebody's eyes again, all right? Look around. You're looking at your brother and your sister, all right? You're looking at family. Now, as you look at them, I want you to see You're looking into the future of Grace Point. Stay standing. You're looking into the future of Grace Point because 15 years ago, I sat in the living room on Nita Road and Rogers with five families, and I gave him a very similar challenge that I'm giving you right now. And that is, are you ready? Are you committed? Are you ready to climb? Are you ready to sacrifice? Are you ready to to put blood and sweat in the game? And there was five families who said yes to that, that calling. Where are we going to be at year 20? You're looking at it right here. You're looking at the future of Grace Point. So the future of Grace Point is not me only. It's you and you and you and the people sitting next to you and standing next to you right now. Y'all can be seated.
It's not going to be easy. It's going to be steep. It's going to be challenging. It's going to be narrow. But Matthew 7, 14 says this, but the road leads to life. And only a few will find it. Only a few will find it. Listen, I want to call you up. I want to call you out. I did it 15 years ago. I'm doing it today. I'm going to do it the next 15 if God, if God allows. The second part of being on the pathway of righteousness is it leads us out and not in. It leads us out. Now, some people think, okay, I've gone to Grace Point today. I went to church today. And literally, in their mind, subconsciously though it may be, they think that sitting in that seat, the seat you're sitting in right now, you are at church. You have done church. You have done a good deed. Check it off. That, this is a starting point. This is the launching pad, not the landing zone. Your seat is where you launch from for the next six days of the week. You'll come back hopefully next week, if I didn't scare you off. You'll come back next week and you will land again, refuel, and launch again. And you'll launch again. And you'll launch again. And when we start seeing that, hey, this is just the launching pad and it's not the landing zone, then we're beginning to understand what the church is supposed to be. See, we exist for those who are not yet here. See that empty seat in front of you, that empty seat behind you, that empty seat beside you? Until there's a warm body and soul in that seat, we're not finished. And when we fill this room up, we'll add another gathering. We'll add a Saturday night gathering. And we'll fill it up again. Why? Because every soul matters just like your soul mattered before you got here and we were saving a seat waiting for you to get here. And now you're here and now we exist for the person who's not yet here. Are you living a sent life? John 20, verse 21, Jesus said, just as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. Are you living a sent kind of life? Our Archbishop William Temple said it like this, the church is the only cooperative society in the world that exists for, its, for the benefits of its non-members. Think about that. Let that just resonate for a moment. We exist for the benefit of our non-members. We exist for the benefit of the people who don't even name the name of Christ, who will curse the name of Christ, who can't stand the name of Christ, who have left the church years ago. Because why? We exist as a church to be an authentic church to those who've given up on the church but haven't given up on God. We exist for them. It's why we're here. These wiffle balls that you see over here. You know what they stand for? Every one of those balls represents a child of one person in Benton County, Washington County, or wherever. One child who lived one night, or maybe is still living there, a foster child, adopted child of somebody in our church. They, I, I met somebody between services that came up to me. She was holding this one-year-old baby who she said she had been her foster child for 365 days. And this past week, she just adopted the child, just got custody of the child. It's now her child. She's pumped. And she says, thank you, Grace Point Church. 
your offerings, your giving, your commitment, you saying that, hey, I'm a part of what you're a part How long's that been going on? What's this thing? It's called mosaic around here. I told you, it's a time hop. We're at year 15. Let's go back five years. Five years ago, we launched a ministry called Mosaic. And there are that many children that we've had in our homes of our church members that some are still living in those homes, have been adopted into those homes because of our members saying, you know what, we've got an extra place setting, we've got an extra bed, we've got an extra seat in our car, we've got an extra spot on the couch, and we're going to put it, we're going to bring a child and let him sit there and live there. We're going to do something October, October 1st, put on your calendars. Where we're going to go into our community and we're going to bless our community. We're going to find 10 families, foster families in particular, where they are opening up their homes and they're creating space for children who don't have a mom and dad like they should or things have not gone so well. And we're going to go in and we're going to help that family out in some meaningful, tangible way. It may be going in the backyard and putting together a swing set. You may be going in the backyard and building a, a fire pit so their family can sit around the fire pit at night and share stories and life together. Let me tell you this. We've experienced it. When you open up your door, you open up your life to somebody on the outside and let them become a part of your family. I can talk about memory. I can talk about others. It changes you. It changes your family dynamics. You live differently. We're also, on that that same day, October 1st, we're going to have DHS, largest four-county training of families to help open up more homes so more homes can have foster children training here at Grace Point Church. We need 150 volunteers to help serve 300 or more families and individuals who say, I want to open up my home and I need training. We're going to help child care. We're going to provide food. We're going to provide facilities because this building does not exist for us. It exists for the people who are not yet here because these seats are not landing pads. They are launching pads. And we mobilize to our community. We mobilize to the nations. These marbles represent a person that we've commissioned out of our church for two weeks, two years. Somebody's living on the field right now in in West Africa. We've been in West Africa now. You know, a time hop here. We're in the present. Go back five years. Go back 10 years. This year marks 10 years that we've been mobilizing people to West Africa again and again and again. We want to give you a 10-year report in eight minutes. All right? Watch this video. Within 24 hours, we saw God do incredible things that we had never experienced. We saw him move in an incredible way. And we knew then that there was something about being in this place with these people that it was more than just taking photos. Our church needed to be a part of what God was doing to reach these people. Since day one of Grace Point, we have been about the nations, about the unreached peoples, where we were presented with the challenge of, hey, why don't you send six teams annually. Why don't you help lead a movement into West Africa? That was a challenge, but our people rose and they stepped up and and here we are today. We learned that there was one church for every 250,000 people in this area and we 
knew that this wasn't right. We knew that this could change, and we knew that we could be a part of uh, seeing more people in this area come to know Christ. One of the first people I met when I went to K-Village was a guy named N.G. He and I hit it off. One of the things that I noticed the very first time I met N.G. is he was wearing a certain bead. It actually is a bead from the slave trade times where Westerners came in and bought people, slaves, with these beads. N.G. and I continued this relationship, and one day he brought me that bead just before I left to come back to America. And he talked about his now freedom in Christ and how he wanted to give me that bead. Once it was a token of value, but it ended up in slavery. Now he's given it back, and it speaks of his freedom. This is different for an American church to be talking about going to a third world country, to the ends of the earth. I was surprised at how much the people were just glad we were there. They wanted to listen to us. They wanted to talk to us. It's the craziest thing. We couldn't speak each other's language really much at all, but it was just an instant bond. Amazing community. I mean, they know truly how to live with one another. It wasn't, hey, come to my church and listen to me preach. It was, let me come and sit and talk with you. And so I think that's what really hooked me. You're just literally doing life, and then along the way, you're telling these stories that you've learned your whole life as a kid, and you don't have to get the story right. They're so fascinated and want to know more. They're hungry for the gospel. They're hungry for the stories that we take for granted. This is probably real close to what Jesus' ministry was for these three and a half years on the earth. He would go into people's homes. He would eat what they fixed. He would spend time with them. You know, we go over there saying, okay, we're going to spread the gospel and here's what we're going to go do. Here's our mission. But sometimes I believe that God has something in store for us. There was a work that was done in me that I would not have gotten if I just said, ah, no, still not this time. I'm just not comfortable. It's just... There was so much growth that just happened for me. That's what missions has done for our church. When people are willing to go, it really speaks to their heart and the God that they're really willing to follow. I would have had anybody in my living room talking about worldview and thinking that I could have an intelligent discussion on worldview when really I didn't even have a North American view. <laughs> I had a very narrow Northwest Arkansas view and I didn't have an appreciation of the world the same way and I think that is one thing God taught me. You can research all you want but until you get here and you see it and you smell it and you meet the people like it can't change or touch your heart. It's interesting our mindset and our perspective on safety and what we're willing to do for the Lord or do because of our faith. We've experienced coups with people on the ground. We've experienced Ebola that was an outbreak in the country. All of our people have all been safe the entire time. We don't think when we drive down the road in Northwest Arkansas when we head to our jobs each day that something bad is going to happen. You don't tell your family goodbye when you head to work thinking, I might not come home. But suddenly when we think about going into a place where it could be dangerous, right? We're going, God, I really need you. God, is this wise for me to do? But we're talking about people's eternity. Individuals that are lost will not live in eternity in heaven with God. And so, yeah, there's a risk, but it's way better than a retreat. It is so exciting 
to live each day on mission with God, to go to these villages and to see these people hear the stories of Jesus for the first time in their heart language. I've been able to see ministry partners emerge. People come from a background in Islam to becoming a believer, to being a strong, strong evangelist and desiring to go out and to reach their brothers and sisters. We continued sending teams into villages, not just with the goal of going, hey, six people were saved on this trip, but with a goal of developing and raising up leaders so that Grace Point teams aren't dependent upon to come in, in order for there to be a gospel movement. And instead of them just kind of coming and being our accessory, to flip that and us just be there and kind of be their backer. So for the last 10 years, Grace Point Church has sent 35 teams to several different villages in this West Africa region for the purpose of planting churches and discipling those people to then make disciples of their own. If there's any tingling in your heart, you know, you feel God saying something about, you know, maybe I should go, absolutely just go. 118 people have gone out from Grace Point Church to West Africa and nearly 80% of them have returned back to that area. I don't know what I'm going to say or I don't know how I'm going to be able to survive out there or whatever. Just do it. Live on mission. Grace Point Church has a goal over the next five years to plant five more churches. That takes all of us. It might mean that even you will be the one that will be taking part in one of these trips, going overseas, telling stories to people who have never heard about Jesus Christ. That's why we're here on this earth. It's not to live a comfortable life. It's to go out and engage with people. the beautiful, powerful message of Christ. The next five years, what will God do? I pray it's exceedingly abundantly beyond all we can even ask or think. The mission of God is to make His glory and His name known to all nations. And Grace Point Church is a part of that mission. And we take that seriously. We recognize that every believer has a part to play in God's mission. It's not just for the spiritual elite. It's every believer participating in God's mission of making His glory and His name known. And that's what our church is about. It's what it has been about. And I know that that's what it will continue to be a part of. So I'm wearing the bead that NG gave me. The slave trade beat. I wear it with so many different emotions because of what it represents, the darkness of our own culture of slaves and trading and beads for people. But I wear it more just occasionally to remind me of NG. And when he gave it to me and he spoke of his freedom in Christ, it's the greatest freedom of all. And it's so incredible that we have so much from Christ that we can go and share it to the nations. And we've been about that for 15 years and I can only see us doing it for the next 15 years even more.